And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, Rabobank says a bearish sentiment in the global markets continues driving fertilizer prices lower after an extended run of significantly higher costs. Samuel Taylor is the executive director of Farm Inputs Research for Rabobank and says fertilizer prices have seen quite a turnaround. Affordability of fertilizers has basically inverted in a year, going from one of the most unaffordable periods in a cycle, and a cycle being a long cycle, a multi-decadal cycle, to one of the more affordable. And so you've basically seen strong underlying commodity prices, corn, soybean, relative to what we were necessarily used to in previous low cycles. And you've seen fertilizer prices come off their high that we saw immediately after the start of the Russia-Ukraine crisis. He says certain input prices may not have reached the bottom quite yet. I think that there's probably a little bit of downside in some of the pricing still, particularly on the potash and the phosphate. But nitrogen might be nearing the low point, partly seasonal, partly like demand um, improvements over the coming months. But basically the context of this is you saw the really elevated pricing as a result of the Russia-Ukraine pricing hitting some macronutrients, potash in particular, hitting real-time highs in certain geographies out of fear of supply and availability out of the Russia and Belarus markets. And you've just seen this kind of month-after-month adjustment down lower. Retailers are going to start building their supplies to get ready for fall applications and 2024 needs, but he doesn't necessarily see a sharp rise in prices ahead. I wouldn't necessarily assume that we're going to see some ratchet higher in pricing because there's still a decent amount of global availability of all these products. In the high fertilizer price environment, farmers do adjust their practice where possible. They might do soil testing. They might put a lower volume down. They might farm with all the agronomic flexibility that they're allowed to. And so this caused inventory to build up in the global supply chain and on the pot and the phosphates, we still have to deal with that a little bit. So maybe we're nearing the floor. Maybe we start to see some upward momentum in pricing over the next two months. might not be tomorrow. It might be two months from now we see it, but could be more imminent. And again, that is Samuel Taylor with Rabobank. Well, the Purdue University CME Group's Ag Economy Barometer Index rose 17 points in June to a reading of 121. The upswing in farmer sentiment was driven by producers' more optimistic view of the future. However, their perception of current conditions remained unchanged from May. The index of future expectations rose 25 points to 123, while the index of current conditions held flat at 116 in June. Now, optimism about U.S. agriculture's future and a more optimistic outlook on interest rates helped explain producers' more positive view of the future in the June survey. But current conditions continue to present challenges for some producers. This month, four out of 10 producers stated that their financial situation has deteriorated compared to a year ago. The Farm Financial Performance Index also rose in the month of June, up 10 points from May. The Farm Capital Investment Index rose five points in June to a reading of 42, while optimism on farmland values also rose. 
Well, EPD values can help cattle producers make the best breeding decisions for their herds. Dr. Bob Weber, Extension Beef Specialist at Kansas State University, says selection indexes are useful for commercial and seed stock producers. So the selection index has been kind of cussed and discussed, if you will. And But I think, you know, as a tool, provides a really useful way for commercial and seed stock producers both to make an aggregate selection decision. So the goal of the index is to provide economic information that weights individual EPDs appropriately given its contribution to profitability. And so it provides a a more concise way for producers to make selection progress across a whole range of traits that are associated with farm level profit. He says the right index aligns with each producer's production objectives. The recommendation I usually give producers is pick the index. There's usually a little description that goes with each one that's most closely aligned with your production objective. So if you sell calves at weaning time, use a weaning endpoint index. If you sell calves on the rail, don't keep any replacement heifers. You can use one of the terminal type indexes. So making sure that you get the right index is as important as anything because it provides then the right weightings for the traits. So an example would be the terminal indexes typically don't put any economic weights on maternal type traits. So if you're keeping replacement heifers, you're probably not picking the right heifers. So make sure you get the right index aligned with your objective. And some producers dig deeper to find out how the numbers within an index will match up with their particular herds. The selection index weights also account for how much variation there is genetically in those traits to provide some emphasis. And so sometimes the pure economic weights don't make a lot of sense. And so the big thing is to know that the academics and the folks that put the index together spend a lot of time making sure the parameters are right. And in particular, then the response to selection is right. So we go back and look and say, well, if you made a 10-point move in the index, what were the changes in the underlying traits that we would expect to see as we made that selection? And that's really the best proof, if you will, of the index working is how much selection progress have we made in the component traits that went into it. Again, that's Dr. Bob Weber from Kansas State University. Well, a recent effort in Missouri helps FFA members prepare for a life of agriculture advocacy. The Missouri Corn Growers Association recently held its Hype Academy, helping youth prepare for excellence Hillary Black, Missouri Corn Associate Communications Director, says the Hype Academy helps teach youth how to advocate for agriculture. About a decade ago, Missouri Corn was looking at ways that we could improve issues-based advocacy, especially amongst the younger generations. And so we went to Missouri FFA and we said, hey, we have this idea. And they liked the idea. They liked that we wanted to invest in students. It's such an important point in that student's life right before they're getting ready to go to college. And so this really just gives them the tools that allows them to tell their story in a more effective manner. Black says the three-day event includes a packed schedule. We just kind of talk about building their brand and getting into advocacy and why it's important. We do communications basics. We do some online training. They also get to hear from a wonderful panel of industry experts, but really kind of the capstone of the entire event is they're focusing on specific issues that are impacting agriculture today. So they work on those issues all week. And then to cap it all off, we went over to the Missouri State Capitol and had the opportunity to visit with seven legislators and perform mock hearings with them. She adds the skills learned in the academy helps all of agriculture. This really allows Missouri Corn to support the students in finding their voice and preparing them to talk to people, whether it's friends, whether it's neighbors, whether it's a stranger online, or whether it's with a decision maker or an elected official. They can have those effective conversations and make an impact on those issues that could be impacting their farm or their rural community. 
And a really great program there again from the Missouri Corn Growers Association and Missouri Corn held the 2023 Hype Academy in late June. Always awesome to hear about ways that youth are being taught to advocate for agriculture and learning things about agriculture. So again, great stuff there from the Missouri Corn Growers Association. Well, we're out of time on this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.